Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to New Hope. I'm glad you're here today. I hope you've had a great time already in the Lord and your time with the Lord this morning in small group and Sunday school, uh, learning what God wants you to do, how he wants you to live uh, your life in this world that we're in today. Uh, if you're a visitor here with us today, we want to say welcome and thank you for being here. You should have received a welcome card to fill out. Please do that. Uh, leave it in your pew or place it in the box on the way out. We do appreciate you and pray that you will be blessed uh, for being here today and that uh, we'll be a blessing back to you. As far as announcements this morning, uh, today is the day for Honduras bags to be turned in. Uh, so I don't think there are any more empty bags, as you might know for sure. I think they've all been taken. Praise the Lord. They've not all been returned. Okay, but I don't. I say that I don't think they have. If you still have yours and you haven't finished filling it, if you could uh, do that today and and drop it by here no later than tomorrow morning, uh, they're coming to pick those up and get them ready to be shipped off to Honduras, uh, so that you can be a part in bringing Christmas to some of the children in Honduras. And what a blessing that is to them. I don't know. We've sent teams down there before over Christmas and. And they've been a part of distributing bags like this. And just to see the smile and the, the, the hearts that are changed uh, is a great, a great time. So know that you're having an eternal impact when you be a, when, as you're partnering with the mission in Honduras there. Um, other announcements, the greatest treat festival today from 4 to 6. Um, got a lot planned for that. If you have kids or grandkids, bring them out. It's a great way to minister uh, to them, share the gospel with them, and uh, just to be a blessing to other people in our community. Thousands of people will be there this afternoon. It is a great testimony of the churches of the Greater Cleveland County Baptist Association to reach out to our community. And so in light of that, there will be no services here tonight. Everything will be at the Greatest Treat Festival. So make plans to attend and be a part of that. I think that's it. I want to recognize Craig Spencer. Well, good morning. I'm uh, I'm an engineer by trade, so I don't talk in front of a lot of people. So uh, excuse my slub ups, but I've got some good notes here. So hopefully I won't mess it up too bad. Uh, this morning we'd like to take uh, just a few minutes to recognize and honor our beloved uh, church member, staff member, and friend, Ann Thackerson. And if you would, come on up. <clears throat> you pra practice your beauty contest away. <clears throat> Anne has been glorifying God here at New Hope with her talent as a pianist and organist for 48 years. Uh, 48 <laughs> years. <clears throat> that, that is a long time. And you're so young. Yeah, I mean, she's so young. Uh, so as I said, I'm an engineer, and that got me to thinking a little bit. So I'm into numbers. So I had to do a little figuring. Uh, and assuming she missed a few Sundays along the way, you know, for vacations, sickness, having a couple kids. You know, usually you don't bounce right back from that. I wouldn't know. But uh, I'm, still I'm still recovering from, from ours, actually. <clears throat> uh, so that's approximately 2,352 Sunday morning services 
give or take one or two there. For most of those years, those services included a prelude, the doxology, the offertory, a special, and let's just say three hymns. So at seven songs a Sunday morning, we're at 16,464 songs you played for us so that we could lift up all of our great voices to worship the Lord. <clears throat> so add in the Sunday evenings, revivals, Bible schools, prayer meetings, choir practices, and you have sat behind these instruments thousands of times and shared your gift with us. We've lost loved ones, and your music has comforted us during those times. We've had weddings, and you've provided the melody for the joy during those times. <clears throat> you've never done it for your own glory or recognition. You've just faithfully served God, and for that, we can never thank you enough. <clears throat> Anne now has the opportunity to play the piano at Lafayette Street Church, where her daughter, Katie, has accepted the job of music director. As much as we hate to see you go, uh, we understand the desire to be with Katie and, and help her in her new position. So we just want you to, we don't want you to forget about us and that this is home and we love you. Again, we appreciate you and we thank you for your dedication and for all the beautiful music and certainly wish you the best in the future. Uh, we've got a, a plaque here that just says, In honor of Ann Thackerson for 48 years of dedicated service to New Hope Baptist Church 2022. So we also got a flower over there and a, a gift for you as well. So I'll step aside for that 30-minute speech. Oh, no. I, I told Ann we, I cut my sermon short so she could speak. So. Well, he's an engineer and talks real well. I can't talk at all. I mean, no, don't get me wrong. I talk a lot, but I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> but I do want to say thank you. 48 years, it, it is a long time, but uh, retiring is something I thought about this whole year. And I thought, well, I probably would have done it before my mama did, but I didn't want to interfere with all that when that got started. And so um, I thought, well, I'll get it done sometime this year. I felt like that's what God was telling me to do. And um, <clears throat> in the process of all that, um, Katie got offered the music director job. And, and then uh, whatever day it was, my days are all mixed up. But the day that they come to me and ask me to be the pianist, I thought, what a blessing from God to out of all these years of playing. But... I could go and play for her to direct. So I'd hate to miss that opportunity. You know, you're supposed to retire and just rest, <laughs> I think. And yeah, that's that's the, that was the plan. But you know, God had a different plan. So I'm excited and yet, yet sad. But please know that this is my home church. Y'all still need tea? Call me. And um, <laughs> if you need me to play for something, you know, else or funerals, whatever, you know, call me because this is my home church and always will be. And I just appreciate y'all allowing me to play all these years, and I just ask for your prayers as we take on something new um, together. I appreciate it. Uh, that's as far as I can go. <laughs> You've done very well. Okay, You've done you. good. Thank, Thank you, Anne. We love you. So, on to the next thing. Uh, so, I have an apology to make, other than my poor talk, but uh, our lunch after service today is to honor Pastor Russ, and we wanted to include Mary in that as well, uh, and thank her for the amazing job that she's done during her first year with us, but uh, due to a failure to communicate, uh, we planned the lunch on one Sunday where her and her family have actually got other plans, so we'll try and do better next time, but uh, apologies to the family. Uh, you know, 
can't say anything else. I'm just sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can eat four today, okay? I don't know if you can eat enough for all the kids, but help yourself. Uh, I think we can all agree, though, that you don't have to worry about Mary Ledbetter and the fact that she loves the Lord. Uh, without a doubt, she's a follower of Christ, and she works very hard uh, to help our children and youth grow in their walk with Him. So I would ask that, that we all do everything that we can do to help, support, and encourage her ministry and uh, as she works to give them a strong foundation. Mary, we thank you. Hopefully you'll tune in later. Appreciate you and love you. Uh, now, Russ, we saved you for last. Uh, I think Melody does too, right? Uh, anyway, uh, it is easy for Susan and I to keep up with the years that you've been here. Uh, Russ, uh, when Shelby and Sarah were born in September of 2021, I think that was your very first hospital visit. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, easy to count that. So, uh, you know, amongst... 2001, you're right. I wish they were still that small. But, uh, but you know, after 21 years, we're getting old. So uh, so how many hospital visits would you say you've had in the past 21 years? Too, too, too many to count, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, so 21 years is a remarkable length of time for a pastor especially to serve at one church, and uh, we hope they've mainly been good years. I'm sure there's been, been a few. Uh, so just raise your hand if you've ever had to call or text Russ uh, to ask him a question or tell him something. I know I have. Yeah, they told okay. me something about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ever stopped by his office to do that? So yeah, I have as well. In fact, I did it this morning. Uh, I've got a coffee mug that says, let me drop everything and work on your problem. So it's... Uh, there are a lot of days when I can't seem to get my job done for answering other people's questions and phone calls. So I'm sure Russ is in that same uh, boat. Uh, I think that Russ, Russ uh, excuse me, uh, has done, yeah, excuse me. I think that what Russ does pretty much is 24-7, and we are his job. And speaking for me, and I imagine the rest of y'all that I know pretty well, we a handful. So, <laughs> so he, he, he has got it uh, going on. So... He always stops what he's doing to take care of us, listen, talk to us, and do what he can to meet our needs. Uh, he studies and plans to prepare sermons in and around the phone calls, text, hospital visits. And Russ, we just want to thank you. I want you to know that we're grateful for you and all you do. Thank you for being our leader and teacher and for ministering to us in so many different ways. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mary's not here. <laughs> it is just a blessing to be your shepherd. Uh, Y'all have blessed us, our family, in so many ways over the years. You have watched us come here not knowing <laughs> how to do ministry and still learning how to do ministry. And you've watched our kids grow up. We've watched yours grow up. You know, we've seen y'all walk through difficult times. Y'all have walked with us through difficult times. And Craig said something, you know, 21 years is a long time to be at a church. In today's world, it, it really is. It's uncommon. But when people ask me about where I serve and 
21 years, really. To this day, from the day I started to this day, I say the people have a special spirit there. There's a special heart there. And, and just the work of the Holy Spirit is, is real in, in the lives of his people here. And I thank you for loving on us and accepting us. And uh, we just pray that we're faithful to God and doing what we need to do in his service. Um, man, Mary and I have a tremendous uh, opportunity to work together. We work together wonderfully. Um, we have a, a team that's, that's able to reach the entire church, and that's a good thing. Uh, for Ann, thank you for all your years of service. You have blessed us in a great way. As was said, through all the different services and circumstances she's played at many of our family's funerals uh, played at our weddings um, and and blessed us in a lot of ways um, so we just want to say Mona, I want to say thank you from the depths of our heart for for loving us and caring for us and and thank you for that but we're here to serve God all we want to step aside me and Ann and Mary we want to step aside and, and just focus on God the rest of this morning because it's it's He's the reason we're here, right? We've come here this morning to worship him, to praise him. Psalm 113 says, Praise the Lord. Yes, give praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord now and forever. Everywhere from east to west, praise the name of the Lord. For the Lord is high above the nations. His glory is higher than the heavens. Who can, who can be compared with the Lord our God? who is enthroned on high. He stoops to look down on heaven and on earth. Let's pray together as we go to the Lord in worship and in prayer. Oh God, how great are you and worthy to be praised in this place today. And God, your glory is all around us. Your presence and your unfailing love is so comforting. And God, we've experienced that comfort in so many ways and so many times. And Father, we just praise you today for who you are. Lord, forgive our sinful hearts this morning. Remove that sense of pride and, and arrogance in our hearts. Purify our hearts right now. For Lord, we come into your presence this morning to praise you and to worship you. And we welcome you into this place. And we pray, God, that our worship would be pleasing to you. As you look down from the, from the heavens above, God, we pray that that our hearts are right and open, that our minds and our souls are open to receive your word today. And Father, we ask this in your Son, Jesus Christ. We pray, God, that we would see you today and experience your work in our hearts and in our lives. We love you, God. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. When we leave here today, <clears throat> when you leave on Sundays, do you let your wife interrupt you? And <laughs> If you're a smart man, you do, so I don't know. <laughs> I, um, I didn't want to cry and then not be able to see the uh, keyboard, um, but, uh, Ann, I love you. And um, you uh, just don't know what it's like to 
have somebody you can look at, and she just reads your mind. And um, you don't find many musicians who can go from the piano to the organ, number one, um, but just who are that gifted. And that song, Carrier Candle, um, is what I think about when I think about Katie going out and Anne is going with her. And what you hope for, I think, as a pastor <clears throat> is that your um, lights go out mm -hmm. to the community. And um, we didn't have enough time. And, you know, in life, there's never enough time. And that's something that we all wish we had more of. Um, but I can tell you that there will not be anybody to sit over there to replace Anne. And I just want to tell you I love you. And I will miss you. Um, but I know that the light is going to be just in another place. And so when we, when we uh, experience those opportunities, um, looking at other people um, that you minister with through the years who are able to go to other places and take their gifts and use them to bring glory and honor to the Lord. Um, like Sarah, for example, Harold went last week or week before, I think, to uh, be with her, and it's just such a blessing, and I know y'all are going to be a blessing, but I love you more than I could tell you, and we'll miss you, um, and I got a hugger. <laughs> <clears throat> You know, as a pastor, one of the things that, that you desire is, well, like Mo said, for your light not to go out, but for your light to go out, okay? And it's a blessing. It's like, like Mo said, when you see, uh, like Sarah, leading the music, you, know, you guys trained her up, and the Lord has used her to go out. You guys trained up Katie and used her, and the Lord is using her uh, as she goes out. You know, there's uh, Thomas is, is leading a, a Bible study at Chapel Hill. You know, y'all trained him up, and, and God is using him. And, and God has used you all in so many ways. You know, and, and so it tickles, a heart, it tickles my heart more than anything to see God using people to further his kingdom. You know, yeah, I don't, granted, I don't like it, you know, when Ann leaves and Katie leaves and Sarah leaves and Thomas leaves, you know. But I can't do anything but celebrate the fact that God is using them on the next level. Amen? Praise God for, for, for people being obedient and going out and, and serving the Lord in that capacity. We, uh, we take things for granted sometimes, don't we? And, and I think... You know, like Ann and Katie and Sarah, and you know, we, we take, you know, they, they've been here, they've grown up with us, but we take things for granted, don't we? And uh, we're going to miss uh, Ann, Katie, Sarah, Thomas, all the youth, that, you know. But God is using them in a great, great way. Just like I know uh, when, when I called Shane over at uh, Flint Hill to ask him about. Mary coming to work here. He hated me. Oh my goodness, it took him a couple of weeks to get over it. <laughs> but
But you know what? He was excited to see her move to the next level and to see God use her in, in, a, in a magnificent way. And so just like I'm sure Flint Hill took that for granted, you know, we take things in life for granted all the time, don't we? Um, our, our, our nation has become a spoiled nation because we expect everything to be there. We expect everything to, to happen. You know, we go to the grocery store and we expect food to be there. And it's there. At least it's there for now. You know, we get in the car and we fully expect it to start, don't we? We, uh, we, we turn the water knob and we, we assume hot water is going to come out, don't we? We open up our laptop assuming that the internet is going to connect and, and be there. We turn the light switch on and we expect the lights to come on, don't we? And when they don't, it sends us to a frenzy, don't we? How many times do we get aggravated when we open our laptop and the internet doesn't connect, you know? Uh, or the, the bulb goes out in the light or, or whatever it might be. It's that diversion. It's that something that sets us off the rails momentarily. But we take so much for granted. In our series, series Mirror, Mirror, that we've been looking at for the last couple of weeks, we've been looking into the mirror of our hearts. What do we see? What do we see in there? What does Jesus see in there? What does Jesus say that we are in Him? Who are we in Christ? And then more than that, are we living up to what He expects us, how He expects us to live? Are we living up to the call that He's placed on our life? In recent weeks, we've, we, we've realized that when we're in Christ, we're a new creation. We're an ambassador for Christ. We're a friend of God. We're a saint. Uh, we're God's temple, the place where the Holy Spirit dwells in our heart and in our life. In Matthew chapter 5 is where we're going to be today. If you will, take your Bibles out and, and go ahead and turn there. In Matthew chapter 5, verses uh, 13 through 16, Jesus uses two very familiar things that describe, once again, who we are in Christ. These two uh, examples that Jesus, is, that, that Jesus uses seems insignificant today, but in first century, in the first century church, salt and light were very valuable assets. Jesus says that if we're in Christ, we are to be salt of the earth and light to the world. Salt of the earth and light to the world. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, through 16 it says you are the salt of the earth but if the salt loses its saltiness how can it be made salty again it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men you are the light of the world a city on a hill cannot be hidden neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl instead they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way, let your light shine before men so that they may see the good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So this morning we're going to look and see what it means to be salt and light in this world. And we look at salt. Salt, first of all, um, chemically, salt is sodium chloride. And it's an extremely stable uh, substance in and of itself. It cannot be 
It can't lose its flavor. And so what is, what is Jesus saying here? What's he talking about? He says, if, if it loses its flavor, then it has no value. But salt really can't lose its flavor by itself. He says, if it loses its flavor, it's useless. It might as well be thrown out in the street and trampled upon. But in fact, the only way that, that salt can lose its salinity is through the chemical reaction with another substance when it's mixed with something else. In other words, the only way for salt to become unsalted and useless is for it to be mixed with a contaminant. Something that separates it and breaks it down. The, the presence of impurities and the interaction with other components, the, the interaction with a humid environment, all of that harms the, the flavor of salt. And the people in Jesus' day, as they heard Jesus teach this, they understood that. They knew what was going on because in the day, the merchants of the day would, that were selling the salt, they would sometimes mix in other chemicals. They would mix in uh, other uh, grains of salt, and so they would dilute the salt, making it chemically impure. And by doing so, the salt became useless. Jesus said the same thing can happen to believers who stop living faithfully. Not that the bad salt or those believers are tossed into eternal fire or, or destroyed, but rather they're ignored, they're ignored like the dust on the ground. You think about the, the world and all of its impurities and sinfulness and evil that's that's out there, the temptations. When those impurities of the world are added to our religious beliefs, to the way we try to live life as believers, we lose our kingdom influence. We lose the ability to flavor the world for Christ. And so Jesus is saying that, we, that we're called to be salt of the earth, but if we become contaminated by the world, by the influences of the world, by the temptations of the world, we're useless to the kingdom of God. And we become no better than dirt on the ground because He can't use us for kingdom purposes anymore. So John 15 tells us to, to remain in Christ and He will remain in us. And when we do that, we will bear much fruit. Think of salt. Salt is, is something we, we take for granted. But it's important in, in all areas of our life. Our bodies need salt to, to function properly. But then on the flip side, too much salt causes heart problems, doesn't it? It's been a, a precious commodity throughout time. Uh, wars have been fought over the possession of land that, that had salt in salt mines. In the Roman market, uh, people were, were paid with salt. That's how valuable it was. Again, today we hardly think don't give salt any a second thought, hardly do we? Yet it's in practically everything we eat, everything we drink, in fact. That's because the salt itself enhances the flavor. It preserves the, the freshness and, it, and improves the texture and appearance of the food that it's interacting with. It's in bread, soup, processed meat, Cheese, milk, yes, even Diet Mountain Dew. 
But those with heart trouble, the doctor will sometimes tell them, don't eat any salt at all. Cut out all the salt. And I was talking to Bill Geddes last week, and that was one of the things they wanted him to do was to, to cut out the salt. I know Ken uh, went through a thing uh, several years ago to cut out salt, and, and they both uh, talked about the trouble of trying to find anything without salt. And, and if you did find something without salt, it tasted nasty or just didn't taste at all, okay? And so there was a real challenge in trying to find uh, the foods that don't have any salt. When they do, it's tasteless. It's no good. Salt preserves and, and, and purifies food. Before refrigeration, salt was we used to, to, to pack on the meat to help extend its life period, its, its time span, and to keep it fresh, to be able to eat over a period of time. And so we think about that, and, and Christians should have that same type preserving effect on the world. We're to preserve the world from decaying from the effects of sin. We're called to preserve the gospel. We're to pres uh, called to preserve the image of Christ. Salt seasons, doesn't it? That's why we put salt on, on everything. Without salt, the food is bland. It's, it just has basically not much taste at all. The, that salt extracts the flavor and accentuates the taste. Most every kitchen table has what on it? Salt and pepper, doesn't it? And probably some napkins to clean up the mess with, right? But just about every table, every kitchen's got salt and pepper because it brings out the flavor. It makes it taste good. And God calls us to bring that flavor of Christ to the world. In Job chapter 6, verse 6, it says, can, can flavorless food be eaten without salt? Or is there any taste in the white of an egg? See, that salt makes bland food flavorful and tastier and more appealing. That's why we put it on there. But you know, in our world today, people aren't, people aren't interested in the gospel. It just doesn't have an effect on them. And, and, and so they're like that bland, the, the white of the egg. But as being the salt of the earth, we can help make the gospel more appealing to people when they when we show them what a good life in Christ can be like, when we're living our, li our life in Christ out before them, where they see us living our faith out, they can see the goodness of God there. And so God calls us to be salt because salt preserves, it purifies, and, and, and it seasons the food. The third thing is that salt can make us thirsty. Salt makes us thirsty. You go to the the movie theaters, you need the popcorn, they put a lot of salt on it, okay? Because they want you to come back and buy more drinks, okay? But just as eating those salty chips and salty food makes us crave water or something to drink, we as Christians should be craving the gospel. We should be having that thirst for the gospel. And then our job as a Christian is to make the world thirsty for what we have by the way we live by the things we do, by the way we live out our life. 
And so we make known to those, make people thirsty for Christ because we have something that they need, that they want. And so we help bring them to the, to the well of living water in Christ Jesus. You know, there's something different. There should be something different about, about us as Christians from the world because we have something they don't have. You know, think about this. Salt is a, is a pretty valuable and powerful substance. Powerful and valuable. And Jesus calls us salt. Powerful and valuable. You see, we're pretty valuable and, and have the power to share the good news of the gospel and bring the lost to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? Are we sprinkling that salt along the way as we go? Are we make, making life better for other people? Look back at, at Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through 16. We're called to be the salt of the earth and light to the world. We're a light. In the beginning of time and, and early on, without electricity, light was a very valuable asset. It still is today. You know, it used to be when the sun went down, that was it. You pretty much went to bed. And now you can stay up all night if you want to. Sometimes not by choice, right? But I want to look at a couple of verses this morning about to help us to see the value of light in, in the Gospels. In John... In John chapter 5, verse 33 through 35, John the Baptist is called a shining light. In verse 35, it says, John was a lamp that burned and gave light. John was a lamp that burned and gave light. Jesus was the true light, we find in John chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. John chapter 1, verse 6 through 9, it says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. And then light dispels darkness. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Light shines in a dark world in Philippians chapter 2, verse 15. It says, Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God, without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. Light is a very powerful asset. It, it, it allows us to live. Light provides life. Think about if there weren't light, all of the plants on planet earth would die and it would devastate humanity as we know it, wouldn't it? We would cease to exist without light. But remember the story last week of the little boy in Sunday school when I asked uh, what, the, what the light was? He said a saint or a Christian is like the stained glass window where it lets the light in. 
As Christians, we let the light in and we reflect it back out to the world. Some afternoons, late in the afternoon when the sun is shining through these windows over here, the, the red in those windows are just magnificently bright. And then you see that red reflecting on the, on the floor. But that's what God is calling us to do, to let that, the tremendous light of Christ shine through us and, and we exhibit the brilliance of Christ to the world around us. You know, our, our life should reflect more than what the world has because we have so much more than the world has. We have Jesus. Are you glad of that today? Does that touch your heart today to know, to know that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? He has forgiven us. He's saved us. He's changed our, our hearts. He's given us hope. He's put love in our heart. He's given us joy. And He's set, up us, set us up on a rock that cannot be moved. Praise God for that. And so think about the difference in, in the salt and light that, that Jesus is talking about here. When we think about salt, salt is a, is a hidden nutrient buried in the earth. It's, when you put it on the food, you, it dissolves. You don't see it. But man, it, it brings about a great taste, doesn't it? It changes the, the taste. And it's a, that salt has a powerful influence on the food that it touches. Let me ask you this morning, does our life have a powerful influence on the people that we're around? And just as the salt is, is invisible, but yet has a powerful influence, light on the other hand, I started to turn all the lights off and have the worship service in the dark this morning and then flip them on at the end because we take the lights for granted, don't we? We take electricity for granted. And I would dare say we take the light of Christ for granted, don't we? But light is revealing. It, it has a revealing influence. It reveals everything in its path. In the darkness of night, you can turn the flashlight on and you can see the, where you're going. It reveals everything around us. Jesus calls us to make a visible impact on our world, on our realm of influence. <clears throat> How do we do that? Jesus said that we need to make the light of Christ visible to as many people as possible, as many people as possible by refusing to, to get caught up and contaminated by the world by the influences of the world, the temptations of the world. He says to watch out, watch behind every corner because Satan is looking to attack you. Everywhere we go, he is wanting to take you out, my friend. And so Jesus says, beware, be on your guard, look out for Satan for he's wanting to attack you, wanting to take you out. Be ready and the light of, and the light of Christ opens up and, and makes clear where, Christ, where Satan is around us. That his light dispels the darkness. And so we need to position ourselves in a way that, that our light shines on, on those people around us.
And as we can lose its saltiness, what happens? Salt can lose its saltiness, but what happens when a, when a candle or a lamp is covered up? It goes out or the, the brightness is dimmed and hindered. Why do we put the lights on the ceiling instead of on the floor? Because it's brighter. It's brighter. It shows more, more light, doesn't it? In your, in your bulletin, on the inside of your bulletin, there's a, there's a picture on the bottom of that page. And it's some condos that were built a number of years ago on the top of Sugar Mountain. And, man, there was a big controversy when, when they were being planned and being put up. And after it was built, the reason for concern was there because you can see these condos for miles and miles and miles away. In the, in the daylight, you, they just stand out like a, like a sore thumb. And at night, the glow of the condos just, you know, they, they glow in the night, in the night sky. You can't miss them. Their light can't be hidden. <clears throat> I wonder if, if our light is shining that bright. I wonder if people see us coming for miles and miles away. Or is our light so dim that it's easily missed? You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You, you are the light of the world. <clears throat> a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Are we taking up our cross? Are we living our life worthy of the calling that Christ has put on us? I ran across a statement the other day that's been on my mind for a couple of weeks. And it said, are you following Jesus? Are you following Jesus? Or are you inviting Jesus to follow you? Are you following Jesus or are you inviting Jesus to follow you? Folks, I tell you, it, it, it's difficult to go against the flow. It's difficult to go against the world. It's difficult to stand with Jesus. It's difficult to stand outside of the crowd. But folks, there's a dark and evil world searching for something. They're searching for what we have. They're looking for the hope that we found in Christ Jesus. Let me ask you this morning, is there something in your life, something in your life that you're dealing with that's contaminating your witness to the world? Is there something in your life that's, that's causing your light not to shine as brightly as it ought to? 
Is there something that's diluting your salt in this world? I'd venture to say we could all probably come up with a little something, couldn't we? What is that for you? Would you be willing to confess that to the Lord and ask Him to, to help you with it? During our hymn of invitation, it says, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Will you sing that with authenticity in your heart? Turn your eyes to Jesus, confessing to Him whatever it is that's hindering your light, that's diluting your salt, so that we can go out and be the salt of the world, so that we can light the world up for Christ. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, God, we thank you for your goodness and your grace and your mercy. For God, it's in times like this that we have revealed in our hearts that we may not be shining quite as brightly as we could or we should. That we're not having the influence on the world that we ought to. We understand, God, that there's something in our life that needs to be dealt with. Father, you know, you know exactly what that is for each one of us, and each one of us is probably different. Lord, make that, make that known to us today. And God, remove the pride from our life so that we can overcome whatever it is that's holding us back from being who you want us to be in you. Lord, hear our hearts this morning. As we turn our eyes to you, Lord, we worship you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.